0: It's good to be back with you. Our salutation always is grace and peace, and I mean both of those deeply. If you can find your Bible or your device and turn to Luke 2:49, is where I'm going to begin. Got a little bit of scripture to move you through today, but we'll start with Luke 2, 49, and uh, let me begin with a time of prayer together. Father, I ask that you help me to be a plain preacher and preach so plainly that a child would understand me. I ask that if you give me words of knowledge, Lord, to speak to people uh, who are watching or they're in service on Sunday, that, uh, Lord, that you would, um, I know it's from you and your Holy Spirit will be prompting me. I wanna, I wanna be able to speak to it. And then, Lord, you will remind me that I'm, I'm under a greater, a more strict judgment because I'm a teacher of your word and I accept my place in rightly dividing it. It's in the name of Jesus that I pray, his name that I preach. Amen. Uh, Luke 2.49 says, um, Jesus is, is talking and he says, why were you searching for me? He asked them, didn't you know that I had to be in my father's house? You may have a version that says, didn't you know that I am about my father's business? Um, as they were caravanning away, uh, they left Jesus behind. Usually men were in one caravan and women were in another and Mary could have thought that Jesus is with Joseph, and Joseph could have thought, "Well, Jesus is with Mary." But they, they find they've gone some journey, a day's journey without him. They venture back. They see him, and he is he is he is with these people, and he's telling them, "I'm I'm occupying my father's house." Is really the translation, but it actually can mean I'm still about my father's business. I uh, because of the pandemic and because of uh, being. Um, away from the building on Sundays, I really didn't give a formal Happy Mother's Day back in May. So I, I want to say that to you today. But then also, this is going to be a sermon that's going to be broadcast on Father's Day. So I want to say Happy Father's Day, and then I, wanna, I want you to allow me to go back and say Happy Mother's Day to you all as well. And I, uh, I'm giving this today on Father's Day because all of us, your father and a mother blessings on you but the truth of it is this is a mandate from Scripture uh, that I'm gonna give all of us today that we are about our father's business we we really are occupied with him so in in light of this verse about my father's business or occupying my father's house uh, I want to be able to challenge us on this Father's Day about our Heavenly Father And I know a lot of you can say with what's happening, you're even wondering if the Father is even at work. He is. He is at work. He's not quit working. And I wanna bring to you some scripture and bring that in line to let you know that I want you to rest in the fact that the Father is working. One of the first verses I want you to go to is Isaiah 64, 8. Isaiah 64, 8, and it says, uh, Yet, Lord, you are our father. We are the clay, and you are the potter. We all are the work of your hands. It says in that verse that the potter is the father. We are not just clay, but we are the submissive clay. And the potter is never disowning the clay, never disowning what he's making. His, his work focuses on the clay figure, or even the clay pot. And as he is the potter, here's what he's doing. He's, he's creating, he is shaping, he is reshaping, he is fashioning, he is refashioning, he is restoring. Uh, the picture of the potter and the clay, he, our Heavenly Father, being the potter, and us being the clay, is he's doing a work on us and uh you, you you have you have to allow that to happen right now i know a lot of us are going man lord we need you to intervene uh he is i just don't know that you're getting the news of that uh there are some areas where a, a lot of conflict has gone up and uh going on been in the news been on the forefront of the news and uh churches are coming in there and setting up praise and worship over those places (coughs) and uh, bringing bringing light to dark areas. You you don't see that on the news, but it's happening. Uh, There's a lot of things that I think the Father is doing. Just remember, we're going to begin here and we're going to end here today. He is the potter and he handles the clay, but know the clay is submissive to the Father. And he is shaping and reshaping and creating and fashioning and refashioning, restoring. He restores all of us. You need to get that picture. Now, the second place I want to take you in Scripture about the work of the Father is Romans 8, 15 through 17. Romans 8, 15 through 17. He says, For you did not receive the spirit of slavery to fall back into fear, but you received the spirit of adoption by whom we cry out, the Father, the Spirit himself testifies together with our spirit that we are God's children. And if children, also heirs, heirs of God and co-heirs with Christ, seeing that we suffer with him so that we may also be glorified with him. I want you to see that some of the work of the Father is his adoption process. He, he is adopting us. He he takes his enemies and then he brings his enemies to become his sons and his daughters. You you need to see that this is about relationship. Uh, I've had a lot of spiritual conversations this week. I've had a lot of spiritual conversations through this pandemic. And one of the things I've been telling the people, and it goes back to our series, In His Presence, is that you gotta go off and spend time with the Father. I've given clear instruction to believers this week. Go off and and listen and pay attention to what the Father asks you to do. Why do I do that? Well, because the Father's always at work. We're gonna get to that point in a moment. But I do that because I'm in a relationship with Him. And how am I in that relationship with Him? It's through His Son, Christ. There's a lot of talk in the Christian community about fellowship. We don't have enough. It's lacking. Fellowship's important, but don't, don't ever put fellowship over relationship. You, you're going to hear Jesus saying, he is my father, using the personal pronoun my and the possessiveness of that. He is not just a heavenly father. He is my father. I want you to see in his work, he is adopting us as his sons and his daughters, but it's about relationship. Please don't forget that. It is absolutely about relationships. So in this passage, uh, in this passage, you are going to be able to see and know that uh, in this Romans passage in, in chapter 8, that the Trinity, the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit are working in conjunction because we've been teaching that pretty heavily lately. And it is the Father is adopting, the Son is sharing because we're joint heirs with Him. What He gets, we get. Uh, and then not only that, but the Spirit is always the witness of it all, that we are His children. The Spirit is saying that to us. So uh, in Isaiah, I wanted you to see Him as the potter who is shaping and fashioning. Uh, in Romans, I want you to see that He is the Father who is adopting he is adopting us to become His sons and His daughters. It's about relationship. The next verse I want you to go to is James 1.17. James 1.17. It says, Every generous act and every perfect gift is from above, coming down from the Father of lights. With him there is no variation or shadow cast by his turning. Uh, Here I want you to see that he is a giving father. I most often say this in our church. We most resemble our heavenly father when we give. John 3.16, for God so loved the world that he, he gave. As the word give and gave. So every good and perfect, meaning complete gift, comes from him. And this verse uses the father of lights, and it may be confusing to you, but the heavenlies is what it's referring to. And it, it, it is often referred to as the canopy of creation. It is the canopy of creation. He has given us this beautiful work and it says that it is his handiwork. His handiwork, and here's the picture. It's, it's, it's the Father of light's giving. It's coming from above, so it's good, which can even indicate if it's coming from below that it's evil. Let me skip back to Hebrews to help you with that. It says that, uh, that sin, which so easily entangles us, which is looking like it's coming from below, uh, it, it, uh, and he doesn't change when it comes to sin. A lot of us are going to say, well, well, the church needs to adopt to a 21st century philosophy or mind thought. Let me remind you, the sins that he hated long ago are still the sins that he hates today. There is no changing in him, there is no variation of him, there is no shadow of turning in him in whatever way, but he he says, I give good things to you. Uh, We're in a context area of James 1 where it's saying that God doesn't tempt you with evil or even tempt you with sin. And the picture is the father of lights is coming and uh, the the good gift comes from above and the evil comes from below is a picture that I want you to see that um, I want you to see my attitude towards sin I I am not God is not in tempting us in sinful behavior in fact he hates it and he's unchanging in this attitude and you've got to know why let me make it plain which is part of my introductory prayer sin it hurts him it's against him sin not only hurts him it hurts us and sin not only hurts us it hurts other people and that's why he hates it so much it's against himself it hurts us and it hurts others so he is the source of good he is the source of giving and when we give we we, we we look like him there's a resemblance so he is the potter shaping and forming he is the father who is adopting he is the Father who is the giver of good, and it comes from up above. Acts 1, 6 and 7, Acts 1, 6, 7, gives us the picture that our Father has authority. And I listen, I wanna rest in that authority. I want you to hear me with that. That our Heavenly Father has authority, and His authority is a just authority, meaning it is a righteous authority. Uh, in this verse in Acts 1, 6, and 7, or these two verses. So when they had come together, they asked him, This is the disciples, we're at the ascension, uh, Lord, at this time, you, are you restoring the kingdom to Israel? And Jesus is responding to them. He said, uh, It is not for you to know times or periods that the Father has set by his own authority. Uh, I can get um, I, I can get ridiculed for not preaching about end times enough, and then there, there are those who get ridiculed for preaching about uh, end times too much. Uh, I, I want you to I want you to see here and know that he he Jesus is saying that the Father has authority over the times and the seasons. Now, I know there will be lots of questions here but I just want you to rest and he he sets the times and the seasons and I want you to know that he is working in this one. I want you to know he's not wringing his hands. He's not calling the council of heaven. He he is working in this season. You and I have got to see where the father is working and then we have to join him in, in that work. So, uh, I want to stress his authority, and Jesus says, even over uh, times and seasons of when he is going to do something. Listen, I don't mind being reminded by others of the beautiful, blessed return of Christ. The return of Christ is not something that I dread. In fact, Scripture says the return of Christ is something that we, we should be praying for And during these times, I know a lot of things are going, well, something's got to usher in the return of Christ. It does. Do I believe in the blessed hope that they talk about the return of Christ? I absolutely do, as much as anybody does. But I have to rest that that time and that season is in the authority of the Father. Do I mind being reminded by others of his return? I do not. I welcome that reminder and even that thought, but I rest in that this Father who shapes and creates and adopts and gives has the authority over times and seasons, and I have to be able to rest in that. And then this last verse is John 5, 17, but Jesus responded to them, my Father is still working and I am working also. This is a question about the Sabbath of something happening on the Sabbath, a healing on the Sabbath, and it becomes a question of the Sabbath. And uh, the picture here is that God created in six days, and the seventh day he rested. You need to know he didn't rest for himself, he rested for us. He rested to give us a picture of the rest that we need, not the rest that we need. So Jesus is saying he's always at work. And their question is, even in the Sabbath, he is not interrupted for the Sabbath because the Sabbath is for you and the Sabbath is for me. And we're going to go, well, that's not fair. You know, God uh, God has us to rest and it's not fair. Trust me, you want him working. Trust me in this. You want the father to always be at work and he is working now. And uh, the, the picture, the picture that I want you to be able to give is that he's continually working. And then the truth that you and I have to have is that we are joining him at that work. So we're going to do a summary here. Our Father is always at work, and what is he doing? He's redeeming, he's adopting, he's giving, he's shaping, he's reshaping, he's restoring, he's fashioning, he's even keeping. Uh, Peter says we are kept by the power of God, our inheritance. He is at work, and he is at work in us. He raises us up, he empowers us to be a powerful witness for him. I wanna go back to Isaiah 64, 8. Yet, Lord, you are our father, we are the clay, and you are our potter. We all are the work of your hands. Instantly, with my upbringing, uh, I went to a hymn that I grew up with, and the name of the hymn is Have Thine Own Way. And I'm not going to give you all four verses of it, I'm just going to give you one of them. And I want to give you this in closing, and maybe this is your prayer. It certainly is mine. Here's what the hymn says in this verse. Have thine own way, Lord, have thine own way. Thou art the potter, I am the clay. Mold me and make me after thy will while I am waiting, yielded and still. I pray that that is your prayer today. Grace and peace.